Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Welcome to another podcast and another podcast with Brittany. She has decided that she enjoys this. And of course, it is again 930 as we are recording this because, well, that's the way life goes here. So, hey, Britt. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, I love being able to do these things with you. Um, even though we do work together, we hardly ever get to work together. And we don't get to see each other very often except... First thing in the morning and usually way late at night. That's true. So it's it's exciting to do this. Yeah, we don't get to do projects together. No, so this is fantastic. Uh, so today we are going to talk about um, kind of the top behavior problems that we've gotten calls for this year, as well as the top manners that we have gotten called for this year. Uh, and of course, Brittany takes all the phone calls. And she, uh, you know, books Gray or bo books me. But, um, you know, we do see a lot of the same stuff. But I thought it would be fun to just kind of talk about what are the problems that we're seeing the most of. So, Britt, how do you want to start? Do you want to start with maybe the top manners? Sure. I mean, 2020 has been a really weird year. Obviously. I mean, a lot of people have adopted dogs. A lot of people are at home with their dogs, seeing things that they've never seen. So... Um, yeah, it's been really, really interesting having people call and say, huh, I've had this dog for five years and now I'm at home and suddenly this thing started happening. Um, so as far as manners, I think barking, jumping, and leash manners have been our top three because, you know, people are, you see the meme 
this this whole year where the dog's hiding from the owner. Oh yeah. About like going for another walk. <laughs> uh, so yeah, people are walking their dogs a lot more, and and their arms are you know getting pulled out of socket, uh, and they they want that fixed. So that's. That may actually be the biggest one. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think the leash marriage is big because people are getting their dogs out because they had no other choice uh, to do things. And so the leash manners, and, and, and really not just the leash manners, but it, we're starting to see, uh, and we'll get into this with the behavior, but a lot of the times the leash manners, it starts that way, but then it turns into my dog is reactive on leash. Mm. Yeah. Right. Leash manners means they just don't know how to walk with you on a leash. And of course, leash reactivity is that they are reacting to something in the environment while on leash. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. Yeah. Leash manners has been a big thing. And uh, we we've dealt with that quite a bit. Uh, but it's one of those things, guys, that it's really not that hard if you just work on it. And I don't mean going for a walk around the block and hoping your dog makes it and working on it. I mean, working on it first then you go for those big adventure walks. Mm. Uh, you know, not uh, not just trying to get the dog exercise and allowing him to pull you around the yard or pull you around the neighborhood. You've got to really make everything a teaching walk in the beginning. And you don't have to change your environment when you start working with a dog for leash. You know, you want to make sure that you teach the dog what you want uh, them to do, how they, you know, how you want them to walk. but. You know, the biggest issue with leash pulling in itself is that people don't communicate with their dog. I mean, they're only, they're just communicating using the leash itself. That's true. Yeah. And we, we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast about, you know, the, using the leash and, and why use a waist leash and that sort of thing. But, you know, that was the most frustrating thing for me it, when you're like, you know, you can't just go for a walk in the neighborhood. Yeah. And let her do whatever she wants you actually have to work on it and there is you use the example a lot in class and with your clients you know don't focus on getting from point a to point b you, you need to focus on what's happening in between yeah and you may not make it to your destination uh, and that was extremely frustrating <laughs> for me with this puppy. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many things that going, were frustrating. Going back to Isabel. Everybody's like, oh God, she's talking about Isabel, Isabel again. again. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, we've had some challenges. Uh, so that's been, that's been, I can relate. Well, I'll say that. I can relate. Well, here's the thing is, is people calling. tell people though, did you not get to your goal of being able to walk the neighborhood nicely faster when you stop trying to get around the neighborhood before teaching her? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? So instead of people just spending like months and months trying to walk around the neighborhood and getting frustrated and mad, just take some time to work on it. Yeah. I mean, now I can take her to a new environment and it, you know, I mean, it takes her a little bit of time to kind of get adjusted. She's sniffing and, and that sort of thing. Uh, we're still working on that, but it's so much better. I'm not dealing with, okay, like I conquered the neighborhood. Now let's go downtown. Right. That sort of thing. I can take her, you know, through our town and she's okay. But it, it took, you know, a month or so. <laughs> at least. At least. Of, of neighborhood walks and... Not letting her pull me. Sometimes we only got to the next door neighbor's house. Yeah. And I just turned around and came back in. 
Yeah, she she definitely would get a little frustrated. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing is that you may only get to your neighbor's house, but that's the area you want to conquer first, right? So I like how you said that. Let's conquer this. So let's conquer walking in your front yard. Let's conquer mm-hmm. walking... Uh, right in the road in front of your house. Then let's conquer your house and your neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find that once the dog starts to understand what you want, you're not going to be conquering just one house at a time. You'll be able to start doing three or four houses at a time because just one is easy. But it's again, you have to go back to verbalize what you want and not just depending on the leash to control the dog because. If you're just going to deal with the leash, then the dog is going to tune out. You're going to tune out. You know, if you're trying to teach your dog walking, the one thing you cannot be doing is listening to your headphones. Oh, no. You can't be talking on your phone. No. You can't be talking to another friend. No. You have to focus on your dog and stay tuned into your dog because if you tune out of your dog, then guess what? They've tuned out of you, and whose fault is it really? All right, so don't get mad because they want to sniff and do something else and they don't listen to you. Did you only talk to them when they started pulling you or yanking you around? And did you ignore them when they were walking nicely? Right? And, of course, here's another thing is dogs don't, they can't read your mind of how you want them to walk. Right? They don't know if you want them to walk next to you, in front of you, behind you, um, if they want you to, you know, them to be the sled dog and you just hang on. (laughs) you got to communicate. And let them know when it's okay to do a sniffy walk, when we are walking fast, when we are walking slow. But also, if y'all remember back in the episode a couple weeks ago, when I was talking about making choices and having the opportunity of of sometimes, you know what, if you're going to go for a walk, even if you're in training, let the dog make a decision in which direction they want to start in. You may have to change direction because they're pulling, but it's allowing them to make those choices. Um, And sometimes even letting them make choices if they want to walk fast or walk slow. You know, work together as a team and find that compromise with it. I found it was really helpful to break it down into steps. So for three days, we focused on just walking the perimeter of the yard. Um, We'd go check the garden. We'd go check the compost pile. We'd, you know, walk. We'd see both neighbors' homes, but not, not passing in front of their houses. Um, so like their side yards and so we worked on that for about a week uh, and then she got used to that and then we started you know walking up walking in the front yard and doing some stuff like that with the long leash uh, before we ever went out into the road because we we tried the road first and it was frustrating and so we came back and, and broke it into steps well here's another thing you guys need to think about because when Isabella was a puppy Um, I think she was maybe 11 or 12 weeks old, and when she was in the first class with Gray, she was already walking Mm off-leash. And that's the thing, is that as a puppy, yeah, she's walking off-leash because mom is the most rewarding thing, but as dogs grow and mature, they are going to try different things, and we have to make sure that, that we continue to do what we're supposed to do. And this is, again, why we train people, right? Because if I teach your dog how to walk at three months, and you don't know how to handle that, you're going to have a dog who's pulling by six months. So that was a big thing. I do remember you guys doing little steps like that. And I do want people to do steps. And sometimes that step may start in the backyard yeah. and then the front yard right, and then the road. And if you have a good road that's open where you can see traffic, I like to start out my dogs in the middle of the road 
because it's a lot less distraction. And then move them closer to the sides and the edges where the grass is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. where the dogs pee where the and dogs pee trash cans and, yep. sit and that sort of thing. Yep, and plus if you're in the middle of the road, you can also change direction easily. Uh, because remember guys, we change direction if our dog starts to pull. Ideally, you want to change direction before they pull, before they feel that pressure um, on whatever the leash is attached to, whether that's a collar or a harness. Um, and also keep in mind, we don't use aversive techniques, so we're not using choke chains and prong collars. Um, and I'm not a harness fan. I am starting to change my mind a little bit. Um, but it's got to be the right harness and it's still got to be used correctly. And you still have to make sure that you're changing those directions uh, if your dog is starting to pull. Uh, but we'll definitely be um, promoting a little bit more of some of the harnesses that we're thinking about. And uh, we'll let you guys know what those are. Um, you can probably imagine the brand that we're excited about. <laughs> we're still trying to get Kurgo to, to sponsor us. Um, we love Kurgo. And I'm probably going to end up with one of their um, harnesses that we recommend. Because they seem to be comfortable. Isabella likes hers. She's grown into it really well. Mm -hmm. And um, she uses it for hiking, for a seatbelt. Yeah, it's great for hiking. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so there, you know, it's also tools are, do play a part, but the biggest thing I would say that with the leash is learn how to use your words. Get a waist leash if you have a problem yanking with your, you know, arm and hand. Uh, but, you know, the waist leashes are fantastic for that purpose to make you uh, more aware of the words that you're using instead of just pulling on the dog. Um, and, you know, if you want to know how your dog feels, imagine somebody, somebody's taping your mouth so you can't talk, and uh, maybe they put the your most favorite meal at the end of a lane, and you can smell it, but you're attached like a three-legged race to a person who doesn't speak to you. You can't speak, and all they do is start walking and yanking you around. Man, that's really harsh. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> how your dog feels. That's how your dog feels when you don't talk to them and you just start yanking them around. Well, that makes sense, though. Right? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> that visual was... It was horrifying. Well, you know, the three-legged race teaches you how to communicate. Okay, well, I'm, I've got a little PTSD from a three-legged race with my dad one time. We did win, but... <laughs> did he drag you the whole way? He, he did. Excellent. Uh, Y'all are probably hearing the dogs play and growl under here. But it's um, a dog podcast, so you can just... Oh, yeah, It's yeah. there. So, yeah, wait. Yeah, so he pulled you down? Did he just drag you? Basically, yeah, we won, but we had to stop abruptly. However... That meant we literally ran into a center block wall. So I still have visions of being attached to my dad at, when I was in first grade, okay. running into a wall. So, <laughs> so now, y'all, imagine your dog when you're trying to get from point A to point B because you have to get your exercise in, and you're just dragging oh, yeah. your dog around. Oh, yeah. That's true. Don't be Brittany's dad. <laughs> I love you, Dad. I do. Hey, Pops. <laughs> Don't li don't be a pops, right? So communicate to your dog with the leash. Um, that makes a huge difference for dogs. Um, if you just communicate, they can't read your mind, people. All right, so that's our leash. What was the other one you said? Jumping. Yeah, yeah. Jumping is uh, the next one. Now jumping. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about jumping in one full minute. 
Oh yeah, that's easy. Right? Ignore it. Don't look. Don't talk. Don't touch. Ignore the dog for jumping. Don't tell the dog off. Don't tell them down. Don't tell them stop. Don't say, hi, how's my puppy? No, get on the floor. No jumping. Right? Teach your dog that jumping doesn't work. If you've not heard this analogy before, your dog is like that creepy person at the end of the bar that you accidentally made eye contact with when you were looking for the bathroom. And next thing you know, they're buying you a drink, writing down their phone number. You're trying to be nice, but the only way you can get rid of them is really just pay your tab and leave. Um, but are you having PTSD from that one? Oh, no. I was, I was just thinking about how good moms are at ignoring. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you just think about, because most of us have this mom. I have this mom. Uh, <laughs> man, she would, she would just like watch her show. And pretend like we didn't exist when we were acting a fool. That's amazing. I mean, she would ignore it until it became self-rewarding for us, which I'm sure you've gotten into in other podcasts oh, yeah. about what that means. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it, when we start destroying the house, <laughs> when it's, you know, we're wrestling and yelling, I mean, mom, 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 she's so good at ignoring See? that. It's, it's a superpower, really. So you yeah. say it's easy to ignore jumping. It's yes. Really, it's really not that easy to ignore. See, I, I guess I find it easy because I've got the habit of it now. Right. I mean, once you get in the habit of it, yeah. it is. I mean, she has four kids. So, yeah, yeah that, that's easy for her. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's difficult when you come home and your dog, you're tired and your dog is jumping on you. And, you got good clothes on. Oh, yeah. You don't want ripped clothes and slobber and hair yeah so i mean it is hard but you did give some examples of what to do when you can't ignore like you know going into the other room and yeah and that sort of thing right yep yeah so yeah we've definitely talked about that like if you have a dog that is um, maybe too big or, or you know something ju it just hurts the dog can scratch your back um it's best just to put a barrier between you you know, walk somewhere and close the door. You know, there are times where try this the next time that the weather's not too bad. Um, or if you just love the cold weather, you can try this. Is let your dog on the inside of the house or keep them in the inside of the house. You step outside and then I want you to walk in. And if your dog starts jumping as you walk in, step right back outside and close the door for five seconds. Mm. And then come back in. And really, I've had to do this with Isabella when I'm walking, when she was younger, she doesn't do it really hardly anymore. But when I would come home, you could see her watching. And as soon as she saw me, she was up on the door scratching. And so yeah. what I would do is I would stop walking and I would ignore her. And then when I saw her put her feet on the floor for three seconds, then I would start approaching the door again. And I did this every time I came home. And I would tell you, I was ready to get in the house because it was typically late. I was hungry. I was tired. Um, I needed to decompress from working with dogs. But I had to do that because I knew I didn't want her jumping on me every time I came home. And now she does not jump on me mm -hmm. when I come home and she's not scratching the door. Yeah. So it really, it, there are just times you got to think about everything about jumping. It's not just jumping on you. It's jumping up to grab a toy out of your hand. Jumping up with two feet, uh, just two feet up on the couch or the chair or your leg um, while you're sitting down. It's jumping on the fence or the gate at home. Uh, or, I mean, in the yard. So, jumping is really, it happens everywhere. 
but I just have a hard time thinking I could make like a six-week class out of, you know, dealing with jumping. I think it's just one of those things that you have so many opportunities to practice on it during the day that you should be able to eliminate jumping at least by 50% in a week. As long as you're consistent. Yeah. And you follow through. And also it's important, like you just mentioned, that there are other times where something is considered jumping. I, th I think we don't think about sitting on the couch and your dog putting two paws on you as jumping. So when you, when you change your mindset and you think about jumping in that sort of way and not allowing it to work in any capacity, yeah. um, then it's, it's easier to be consistent yeah. because you can recognize, Oh, that's, that's jumping. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of people don't realize that that is jumping as mm -hmm. well. You know, if the dog is jumping up and down while you're taking his food over to his feeding area mm -hmm. and you keep walking even though he's not touching you you're still rewarding jumping right exactly yeah. jumping on the back door to be let in or let out yeah now i do want to put a disclaimer here if you have a small dog and you don't mind them jumping i don't care nobody has to say that this is a bad behavior we just deal with a lot of large dogs large, that jump yeah. but you know what if you have a small dog and you don't mind them jumping that is a personal preference however if you're not going to mind the jumping in one situation, you have to not mind it in other situations. So, like, if you're okay with the dog jumping on you but not on guests, then you're going to have to find a way to work through that. And typically what I tell people is you can reward it all day long or you can put it on command, but you can also put it in interruption cue, like that's enough if they're jumping on others. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been back and forth with Isabella where we did allow some jumping for her, um, and I think I was going to put it on command, but we also have a few tricks that we add jumping in, which means that basically she doesn't really jump on us much anymore, unless we're kind of sitting down. She's, she does like to put her feet up, but she is trying it often with other people. So all we're doing is interrupting that, and then she is, she's starting to learn that that's not yeah. appropriate behavior with anyone else. So yeah, it's definitely, I think it's something that, if you just stick with it and you change your habits and you understand that jumping is not self-rewarding, which means they would need the, someone to tell them that that's good by giving attention. So remember, every dog is that creepy person at the bar. Now, you may have been that creepy person or you may have dealt with that creepy person, but your dog is that creepy person. If you just glance at them when they're jumping or give them another command like sit, then in their mind, jumping works because it gets them information to get what their ultimate goal is, which is your attention. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. And then what was the other barking? barking. Oh, yeah, barking. So we're talking barking <laughs> as far as manners, meaning just excessive barking either at the owner or like out windows. Well, and I think, again, because people have been home so much this year, mm, yes, they're realizing how much their dog is barking and there's been a lot more people walking during the day oh yeah people are out people are having things delivered to their house oh yeah more so than they were so ups and fedex are showing up every day i mean so there are more opportunities yes you know to kept to to realize to hear that, this. yes yeah dogs are barking their heads off yeah it's so we've had a lot of calls about excessive barking and I will tell you guys that we are going to be putting a mini training video on the Patreon account here within the next, um, probably January, 
um, but I may be able to do it over the Christmas holiday where we're going to counter condition the doorbell mm. to where instead of your dog barking when he hears the doorbell, he learns that other good things can happen without barking. So we can actually do that, and we're going to do that, but we're going to be putting it on our Patreon account. So go check the Patreon out um, if you're not a member yet so you don't miss out on that. Because, you know, barking happens all the time for different reasons. Um, now, barking can be self-rewarding, which means that the dog is getting some type of good feeling for barking. And it, that typically happens when they're barking at the UPS guy, yeah. right? He comes up, he they bark, 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 bark. Drops a package, he leaves, dog's like, yep, did my job, mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, the neighbor's walking by. Hey, mom, there's somebody in the front yard, right? Really, they're not in your yard, they're in the road. But it's dogs just bark. But what is usually the main, the first instinct for people when dogs bark? Because here's the one thing. I can't, I don't mind some barking. My biggest pet peeve is when the bark that comes out first is so hard Oh. Right, so it's not like a like you Peter Pan, like a whoa, 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 whoa. It's a rough, yeah. Right, and I was trying not to be too loud on that, but that just drives me crazy when it's just absolutely out of the blue. Um, and sometimes my first reaction is to raise my voice a little. I'm gonna admit that, yeah. Um, because I think that's the majority well, of most people. of us do that because yeah. we're startled. Yes. And so you yell. So we become reactive too. So it's like yeah. we're yelling at the UPS guy too. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I have yelled at the UPS guy, like, please don't ring the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> Just drop the package on the porch and leave. Yeah, we've yeah. not conditioned the, the dogs to the doorbell, although we are going to use our dogs to video that. But some Christmas commercials with the doorbell. Oh. Like, come on now. Yes. Is that necessary? I know. Brent said that they need to outlaw that. I, I you know. It's rough, but here, we're going to change that. We're going we're gonna to counter condition and we're going to change that emotion about that doorbell. So y'all stay tuned to that. We'll do a, a little mini episode on it too, probably. But yeah, so barking, y'all, what I like to deal... Okay, so if you've got non-self-rewarding barking, that basically means that the dog is responsing, or the person that's being barked at, because that's typically, or the dog that's being barked at, they're in charge of that reward, so they can make a decision. Think about if you've seen your dog or another dog barking to get another dog to play and how that dog ignores. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that is not a self-rewarding behavior. So that would be in the same category as jumping. You can really ignore barking at you. Yeah. So when you were like, mom, mom, mom. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. So if you can ignore that, which means we don't look, we don't talk, we don't touch, creepy person at the bar. Okay, if we ignore that and then we get quiet for three to five seconds then we can reward quiet. Mm -hmm. But here's another thing that a lot of people I think do is their dog barks to tell them they need to go outside and go potty. And that can be a problem. Mm. So what I tell people with that is if your dog barks, all right, you can acknowledge it in your mind that the dog obviously wants something, but wait three to five seconds of quiet before asking, do you need to go potty? Do you need to go out? Do you need water? Um, you know, wait till there's quiet there. Yeah, and that's, this is funny because that's become a new thing in our house uh, with our 14-year-old oh, retriever yes. who is mostly deaf. Mm -hmm. And so he has started barking to go out 
or to come in and mm -hmm. that's something he's never done he's, he's never been like a huge barker and so you know it's like okay well i know he's got to go out he's 14 bless his heart he, yeah he can't hold it <laughs> yeah so, you know but but i've started sort of when he's outside waiting until he's quiet to let him back in because it is yeah, because at first you were letting him in while he was barking mm -hmm. because sometimes it would be late at night, early in the morning, and we were wanted to be respectful to the to our neighbors, so you would let him in. But I was like, hey, you're rewarding him for barking, right? So just wait until he's quiet for three to five, and then go let him yeah. in. And he's he's really uh, decreased. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, and but again, it's okay if he wants to use it because I don't ever take barking away from dogs. That is normal. That needs to happen. That's part of their communication. Mm -hmm. But I don't take it away. I just want it controlled. So if we're dealing with self-rewarding barking, like barking at UPS, barking out the window, you want to make sure that, number one, you don't scream and yell. Don't be reactive to the UPS guy or people walking down the street by yelling at your dog. So what I like to use is we use that's enough, which says what you're doing is not wrong, but I've had enough. But then we have to attach a behavior because anytime you use a command, any word, you have to have a behavior attached. And it needs to be clear and you need to be able to physically help them learn. Um, this is why I don't use things like quiet uh, or no bark. Dogs have no idea what that means because they don't know that bark is what they're doing um, because they don't understand our words. But I use that's enough and then I want them to redirect or take their attention away. And so I want them to look away. And that, and then I let them go back to the window. That was another thing is that you don't just go close the front door, although you have. We have sometimes just closed the front door because we don't have the time to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes management is essential. Yes. Sometimes you just have to manage it. Uh, if you're getting ready to get on a Zoom call. Mm, yes. And you don't have the time to follow through, it's better to just manage the situation than to let it, continue and to reward the dog yeah. for something that you don't want. Yeah. But you don't want to always manage because you want to work on it so mm -hmm. you don't have that problem. Exactly. So, all right, so that's all we're going to talk about barking is I look at us. We are only like 3 in and we're already way past what I normally do on these. I feel like we should make this a part 2. But um yeah, we can do that. All right, so guys, we're going to just we're going to do this part <laughs> 2 because we like to try to keep these um, fairly short for you, uh, for maybe just a quick, you know, your drive to work. Um, so we did talk about jumping, mm -hmm. barking, and of course leash walking. Yeah. Um, oh, and let's go back to the barking real quick. With that's enough right now, the video of controlled window barking that shows you how to use that technique is still on our website. It is. Uh, Dogspeak101.com. Uh, just look under videos. and uh, But those will be going away. Uh, and we'll be putting everything else on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash dogspeak. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to make this a part two for behaviors, the top behavior issues, because I think we might get into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. So um, we'll do that one for next week. And, um, and that way you guys don't have to sit here for an hour because we'll just keep on talking oh, about yeah. well, this. Oh, yeah, you know. Wine tends to do that. Oh, yeah. Britt's got her wine. It's all good. Late night wine. Late night wine. I, Podcasts. She, yep. She made a wonderful <laughs> dinner. I got home, and it was delicious. Um, and then we do our little podcast, and here it's um, close to 10 o'clock because we like to do things in one take. 
and and hope it just comes out well. I think that's um, the Aries. Yeah, we're just like, let's do it. It's done. This is done. Uh, but I really appreciate coming on because I think it's really good for people to hears to hears hears yeah to hears hears to hear someone's <laughs> experience when they're not a dog trainer. Now I know one. Of, uh, some of you just said, but you live with one. <laughs> <laughs> Did that answer? Did that give you any clear indication? I get asked that all the time. Yeah. So yeah, people ask, "Are are you the one who's coming?" And I'm like, "Listen, <laughs> you literally do not want me coming to your house to train your dog. Like it, it wouldn't turn out well." No. 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 I'm, I'm not the. I'm. I am just a dog owner. Yeah. I'm a dog guardian. The dog, yeah. This dog owns me. What, whatever. That's, yeah, that's I, where we're at. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. Because here's the thing, guys: is when I get home, I don't want to train people, and I'm not training my dogs. Um, I've done my work with my dogs. This puppy was hers. It was her responsibility to do all the training. So I don't come home and just start instructing and, and training her. I'm the one that's sitting on the couch and then being like, she needs to go in the crate. <laughs> Are you gonna do something? Are you gonna that? do something about that? <laughs> um, so. Please know that when Britt and I are having these conversations, she is coming from a dog owner side of things and not from the training aspect. So when I say that she has, when she, or when she says she has done these things and she's had to work on not walking around the neighborhood, that sometimes was hard for her to grasp and do, but she got there as a dog owner, not as a dog trainer. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like someone saying, well, you should know how to build cabinets because your spouse builds cats, right, right, like I, or the person who has it who who is married to a masseuse, yeah, thinking they get massages all day, yeah, that's, no, not, that's not how it works. No, that's no, not. You're no. not giving me training advice. No, whenever you get home. No, except other than the, aren't you going to put her in the crate for that? <laughs> you should. You should follow through. You, you should follow her, through with that. You just told her to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so just know that when you hear these things. Um, it's definitely coming from a place that she understands. So uh, keep that in mind. I think you'll appreciate her um, information more, maybe. But, you know, who knows? But thanks again, Brett, for being on. I noticed I, the last week's episode, I didn't let you even say a whole lot, except thanks for having me. Because I think I was just getting so tired. I was like, I'm, I'm signing off. This is actually really fun. I am excited because I think a lot of people realize, don't think that you really talk much. So, uh, yeah, and, maybe not. Yeah, with wine <laughs> she does. So it works out. Uh, so we are going to come back next week, and we'll talk about the, uh, the top three behaviors that we have gotten calls on for 2020. Weirdest year ever. Yes, weirdest ever. So we hope you guys um, will continue to listen. And please, wherever you get your podcast, if you'll please rate us and leave a review, that helps other people find us. And uh, also, please share, right? I know you have dog-loving friends. I know you have dog-loving family members. Please share this. It's real easy to do. Um, and also, we just got added to iHeartRadio. Yeah, we did. Yes, I think... Brett got on that one, so you can also find us on iHeartRadio, and we're really excited about that. Uh, also, Patreon, I know I've mentioned it, but uh, check it out, right? It's it's very affordable, uh, patreon.com slash dogspeak, but again, if you can't 
um, you know, monetarily support, that's okay. Just share the podcast, introduce other people to it because that allows us to get more listeners, which means that if we get enough listeners, maybe Kurgo will sponsor us and then we get a bunch of free Kurgo stuff. If I say Kurgo three times, will it appear? (laughs) (laughs) Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh, it's not Halloween, it's Christmas. All right, see, this is the second time I've mentioned Halloween. All right, guys, we appreciate you. Brittany, I appreciate you. I adore you. I love you. Um, If y'all didn't know, I don't know if y'all know, I mean, yes, Brittany is our manager, and she handles everything, but she's also my beautiful wife. So um, it's really exciting to be able to share this and do this with her. I think we make a really good team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then she nods like y'all can see that. Well, we also have Gray, so we're really lucky. Oh, yeah, Gray has spoiled us rotten. Yeah. Yeah, Gray is fantastic, and if uh, and we're trying to, I got to get him set up to get back here on another podcast. Slacker, uh, slacker! If you're listening, Gray, <laughs> you better be listening. Um, yeah, because Brittany's booking him so much, he hasn't had a chance to do any podcasts. So, but I'll get him on it, and we will do some things. If you guys have any ideas for episodes you would like to hear, anything that you would like to for us to cover, uh, shoot us an email info at dogspeak101.com. And we would love to look at that because I sometimes just need ideas um, because I get kind of stuck in a box. So maybe Brittany will come up with some really good ones as well. Um, All right, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope you come back and listen to our part two for the top uh, behaviors that we have gotten called for in 2020. And you'll probably hear a problem or two that you may have. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, if you do, we can help you. Info at dogspeak101.com. Appreciate you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week.